This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Good evening, Ark Church, and welcome Ark Online. So glad that you could be watching. If you're watching on Wednesday evening or you're watching sometime during the week, we're just glad that you tuned in. Now, if you notice, we're doing something a little bit different uh, today. And uh, we, our Wednesday nights were always a bit different uh, than our, our Sundays. In fact, we used to call Wednesday night the kitchen table at the Ark. In other words, we, it was a little bit more personal. We, we would get in your business. It, it reminded Joy and I of the kitchen table at home when Matt and Christina and Michael were uh, still in the house. We tried to have a lot of meals together. And as we were having meals together, the tables where we handled a whole lot of family business and there was a whole lot of counsel that got doled out at, uh, at the kitchen table. Sometimes there were tears. Sometimes there was la almost always laughter. And, uh, but it, it really was a very valuable time. So on, on these Wednesday nights, we wanted to just mix it up a little bit. <laughs> and here's the deal, guys. With this pandemic going on, there's no playbook. It's not like, you know, oh, we could turn to the pastor's playbook of, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Here's what you do on Wednesday nights. So we're just trying some things that, uh, that we feel like would be a blessing to you. And we're going to add something to this. Uh, there's going to be a number on the, on the screen there or a contact on the screen. If you have a question, every Wednesday night, I'm going to be answering one or two questions that come in. And so questions come in and uh, Bible question, relationship question, parenting question, uh, marriage question. If you have any questions along those lines, send them in. Now, what? obviously, we're not going to be able to answer all of them, but every week I'll take one or two, and we'll, uh, we'll go through those, those questions and just answer questions. So uh, nothing off limits, but you know, keep it clean, nothing personal, and, uh, and we'll, we'll get to those questions. Again, just a, more of a kitchen table. It, it would almost be like if you and I sat down and we were sitting across the table together, and you said, hey... I've got this going on in my life, or hey, I'm dealing with this, Alan, what do I do? Now, typically, if we did that, the chances of me sitting down with a, a, a notebook and a Bible uh, probably are not going to be accurate, but we'll just, we'll pretend and, uh, and, and make believe. So I hope you join us on these Wednesday nights as, as we do the kitchen table here at the Ark. Now, We've been doing a series called Keeping Courage. And I think the big question uh, for many people out there right now is, hey, if, if I'm dealing with all this stuff, and quite frankly, we're dealing with stuff. If, if I'm dealing with all this stuff, how do I keep courage? Or even how do I, I gain courage? You know, and sometimes I can just, that's a real, a real deal that we're dealing with. Well, I, I noticed that when, back in March, when this pandemic first hit, I noticed people's, uh, their enthusiasm was like, hey, we're going to come through this. It, it, was, it was kind of at a high point. But I've noticed ever since, it, it's really begun to decline. And when we, when we were going back to church, man, it kind of went up again. And then, and then we had to stop and it, and it went down. And so I, I think the idea, of if, we're, if we're honest, what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're dealing with, and people have lost jobs, people have family members that are sick, maybe you've been sick, and the idea of keeping courage is important. Very, at the very beginning of this, Joy had a word for us as a church, and I, I think it hit before the shutdown hit. It was, thank God, 
and take courage. And I don't think anything has become more real to us than the fact that during these times, we need to take courage. We need to not lose heart. So let's pray. And then we'll, uh, we'll do some kitchen table at the ark. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your goodness to us. We're thankful that your mercy and your hand is upon us still. So Father, I thank you tonight that you would give me words that bring life and strength and light. And Heavenly Father, thank you that our ears are open to what you have to say to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the great teacher. And thank you that this can be a very profitable time. We believe that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Our text is found in 2 Corinthians 4.1. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. And that word lose heart actually means to lose courage. And so we're talking about, about how, do you, how do you keep courage? Paul said, we don't want to lose it. And so you can have courage. And then obviously there's some things that can, can impact that. And we lose courage, but we don't want to lose courage. So we talked about some things that will help us last week. We talked about gaining an understanding of the mercy of God, about how that helps us. When you understand how compassionate, how loving, how good God is, that helps us keep our courage up because not only is God for us, he's, he's good. He's really, really good. And that makes all the difference in the world. The second, second one is this, is believing that God is with us. Now, we launched into that a little bit last week. Believing God is with us. We talked about Moses' words to Joshua. Moses was the leader who led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. He was a major leader, and he knew he was getting ready to, to die. And so he told Joshua to be strong and of a good courage. And, and then he gave him a reason why. Because the Lord is with you. We're going to take a look at that just a little bit further because... We see almost the very same words when David spoke to his son Solomon. David was getting ready. He knew. He said, he said I go to join my fathers. Well, that, that meant you're going to die. Just a nicer word for it. And he said, I, and he began to talk to Solomon. And in 1 Chronicles 28, 20, it said, and David said to his son Solomon, be strong and of a good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you've finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Now, Solomon had a big job. Solomon was young and David reminded him, Solomon, you're not facing this task alone. And that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the keys. He's like, God's going to be with you. God's, God's going to help you. He said, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Now, David had a very unique relationship with God. I love reading the Psalms because you begin to see David's heart for God, his relationship with God. And he was, he was very, he, he was close. It was David that wrote and said, the Lord's my shepherd. And so he was, he was very much connected with God. And so now he's looking at his son, Solomon. Solomon was to build the temple. It was going to be an amazing temple. And David said, this temple is not for man. This is for God. And David was very intent upon making sure that that temple got built. It was very important to him. He wanted to build it, but he couldn't because the Lord told him, he said, you have, you've killed too many people. You have shed way too much blood. He said, Solomon's going to build the temple. 
And so now David's talking to his son and I'm sure he's got words of encouragement, but the biggest words of encouragement for Solomon was, God's gonna be with you, Solomon. God's gonna help you. You don't have to be afraid and you don't have to be discouraged. He said, because the Lord God, my God. And Solomon knew that David had a relationship with God. This same God was gonna be for him. That gave him a basis. And so we see when, when the Bible tells us not to be afraid, it's giving us reasons. It's not just saying, hey, don't be afraid. Don't, don't fear. There's reasons why we don't have to fear. Believing that God is with us makes all the difference in the world. It helps us understand we don't have to be afraid. Now, we've talked about Joshua and we've talked about Solomon, but you think, well, great. Those are two heavy hitters. What about me? Well, this promise didn't leave you out. It did not leave me out. So I want to read some scriptures about what God's saying to us. In John, the 14th chapter, now this is Jesus talking and, he, and he's talking about the fact that we've been given, given some help. Now he's talking to his, his disciples. He's getting ready to go to the cross, but before he goes to the cross, he's talking to them. And, and in John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 are some powerful, powerful chapters. It's, it's almost all Jesus talking and his words are just, just, there's so much there. I mean, we could just spend forever in, in those chapters. But he's talking to his disciples and he's telling them because he's getting ready to leave. So listen to what he says, John 14, 16 through 18. He says, and I will pray the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So the idea that Jesus was saying, he said, I'm going to give you another helper. And that word, actually, we won't go into it tonight, but it means another of the same kind. So in other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, there's another helper coming, but he's, he's just like me. And the idea that he would be with us forever, and that's why Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to come to you. Well, Jesus didn't come physically he came by his spirit. And so his Holy Spirit being with us is what gives us this confidence and gives us this, this idea that, and the Holy Spirit's not gonna abandon you. I, th I know sometimes people, I've heard them pray this like, oh Lord, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He's not, he's not gonna do that. Now you, maybe sometimes you feel like the, that God's abandoned you. But I, I think if, you, if you're going to, if you're really going to stay with this Christian life, here's one thing we have got to get a hold of. Our feelings are not always the truth. In fact, our feelings can sometimes rarely ever be the truth. Our feelings, that, that you just can't count on. Because sometimes, man, you feel like, oh, God heard my prayer, God, God is with me, God. It, it's just wonderful. And sometimes you feel, like my pastor, John Osteen used to say, like God moved out and did not leave a forwarding address. And you're like, I got, I got no way of connecting with him. I feel so far away. Well, we have to learn not to deal in terms of our relationship with the Lord merely based on feelings. Where we start with is what has God's word said to us? And then whether we feel like it or not, that's what we believe. You know, Jesus was talking to the disciples again and he was telling them, and, and the same thing applies to us. Now, these words, 
These words had to really just kind of rattle their cage because in John 16, 7, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now that had to be tough for these guys to get a hold of. I mean, they're thinking it's our advantage. They've been walking with Jesus. They've been, I mean, you, you wake up in the morning, maybe you, you're out traveling, you wake up in the morning and there's Jesus sitting over there on the rock praying. And you're like, oh yeah, there's Jesus. You're hanging out with Jesus during, during the day as he's doing so many things. I mean, I would imagine that being with Jesus every day, I bet there wasn't a boring day among them. And, and so you, you've got Jesus there goes, guys, it, it's to your advantage that I go away. I'm, I'm sure they're thinking, seriously, to, to my advantage? But I don't believe Jesus lied. In fact, I know he didn't. He never did. And so if it was their advantage, it's our advantage. You see, the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit living in us is the idea that even though Jesus physically, he was there with his disciples, but when he left, the Holy Spirit is in us. And so it wasn't a matter of having to wait to fellowship or wait in line or or wait to see what Jesus is doing. We have the Holy Spirit right there. That's a great advantage. And the beautiful thing about this is this advantage is ours. Uh, there's a promise that was given to, um, to believers. It was in Romans 8th chapter. So I want to read some scriptures here to you. This is Romans 8, 11. This is Paul. He's writing to the church at Rome. Now, if it applies to the church at Rome, it applies to the church in Conroe or Willis or Montgomery or the Woodlands or wherever you live. It's, uh, it's truth. It said, if the spirit, Romans 8, 11 said, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And I love that verse. That, that was a verse that meant so much to Joy and I when our grandson Grant was born three years ago and uh, had to go into to, to the NICU and he's in the uh, infant ICU. And the Lord just dropped that verse in my heart. You know, he still does that. He can still just make a verse just come alive to you. And he dropped that verse in my heart that God would give life. The King James said he would quicken. I like that. He would quicken, make come alive. And so that verse is such a key. Now, these words were written to the church of Rome. Here's one of, here's one of the deals. We have to take these words and make them our words. Now, this, this is where, to me, Christianity, we really get down to what they say the rubber meets the road. The idea is we hear something like this, and oftentimes people will say things like, well, I, I know God said he's with me, but I, I don't feel it or I don't sense it. And this is where we have to absolutely mix faith with it. In Hebrews 4, chapter, verse 2, it says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So he's saying is the gospel was preached and the ones that, that mixed faith with it, they went, I, I believe that. When you begin to say, I believe that, do you feel anything? Don't ask me what I feel. I believe that. And I believe that God is with me and I believe his spirit is with me. You have to believe the same thing. We believe God is with us regardless of how we feel. I remember reading a story and I just saw it again just a, a few weeks ago about a young man who was, uh, uh, had an accident and 
wound up blind. And he was, by this time, the time the story was written, he was in his 20s, and he was working with another blind student. And the blind student asked him how he was able to deal with having sight and then losing his sight. And he said, when it first happened, he was 13 or 14 years old. He said he went into this major depression, horrible depression. And his, his dad, his mom did everything they could to kind of get him out of it. But he was just in his room, just sunk in depression, certainly feeling sorry for himself. We can, we can understand that. But his dad finally had enough and he stormed in one day. And he told his son, he said, winter's coming. We have to get the storm windows up. He said, the storm windows are in the garage. He said, I want you to go down, get a ladder, and get the storm windows up. And uh, the boy yelled back, I can't do it, I'm blind. And the dad said, well, figure it out. And uh, stormed out of the room. <laughs> this boy said it made him so mad. He was going to show his dad anyway. He said it was going to kill him. He was going to die, but he was going to show his dad that it was wrong. And so he got down. He found the garage. It, it went to the garage. He found the ladder. He found the storm windows, and he began to put them up, put every one of them up. He said, but what he found out, it wasn't until a lot, a lot later, years later. And so the whole time he was putting up those storm windows, his dad was not more than five feet away from him the entire time. Putting up those windows helped him developed some confidence that even though he was blind, he could do something. But his dad was there. And so when we read scriptures that tell us God is with us, he dwells in us, he's with us, what we have to do is go, I'm going to believe that. Whether I feel it or whether it seems like it, I believe that. And that's really just simply mixing faith with it. And when we say that, probably one of the best things to do is begin to go, Lord, I want to thank you that you're with me. That's such a good deal. One of my favorite verses is in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Now that is something, I love that promise. The Lord has said, so we can boldly say. So guys, we have something to say about God being with us. We have something to say. And so by saying it, it doesn't make it true. It's already true. But by saying it, what happens is it becomes more of a reality in our life. It begins to dawn on our hearts. The Lord is with me. Lord, I want to thank you that you're with me. And you can just do that anytime. I mean, you can just be driving down the road, going to work, going... Lord, I want to thank you that you're with me. Don't have to feel you, but I am so glad that you're there. But you know, the more that you begin to do that and begin to thank God, begin to praise him and begin to treat him like he's with you and real, you'll actually begin to sense more and more of his presence. That's a good deal. So we have something to say. We have something to say about God being with us. Now, let me just give you just, uh, uh, this is a, a me and you point. I'm your friend, so I want to give you a friend point. One of the better ways also to know that God is with us is for us to know that we are with him. And what do I mean by that? Have you ever had a friend? I'm thinking back school years, junior high, high school. A friend that when they were with you, they, man, you were their friend. and They thought you were awesome. Might have been a boyfriend, girlfriend thing. They thought you were awesome but when it got around a group, maybe you weren't cool enough or popular enough and they treated you like they didn't even know you. 
and didn't act like they were your friend. Now, I've had those situations before, and I'd, I'd tell my parents about them, and my parents, just like any parents, are going to look at you and go, that, they're not your friend. They're not your friend. If they're not your friend when everyone's around, then they're not your friend when you're by yourself. And, you know, we would especially tell our kids if they were in any kind of dating relationship, listen, they, they treat you great, lovey-dovey, when, when it's just you two, but you get around other people, they act like they don't know you. You, you need to catch and release that one. You, mm, done. Get rid of them. Don't kill them. Just get, get rid of them. Don't date them anymore. Not your friend. So here's my point. When we read these things about God being with us, I think one of the best things that can happen in our life is realize, God, I'm with you. I'm on your side. I, I love you. I love you on Sundays. I love you on Wednesdays, but I love you on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturday morning and Saturday night. God, I love you. I'm with you. And the more you know in your heart, and that's a hard thing, the more you know in your heart, God, I'm with you, then the more it's easy to believe that he, he's with us. It just helps. It's an aid. So two things will help us. One, we, we believe it. Two, we begin to say it. Three, in our hearts, we know that we're for God too. We're on his side. We're for his kingdom. So many of you have done a great job with that. In fact, uh, even though I didn't do stewardship tonight and we, we saw some of the things we're doing as a church, I want to thank you because I know many people have remained very faithful to the Lord and faithful in your giving, honestly, is one of the ways that you say, God, I'm for you and I'm for your kingdom. It's one of the ways, not the only way, but it's certainly one of them. I want to talk about another thing. I'm only going to get into it a little bit tonight because we've talked about things that help us keep our courage. Believing God is with us. Man, if I know God's with me, that helps me keep my courage. The second one is developing a spiritual perspective. If we develop a spiritual perspective. So let's, I'm going to introduce this tonight. We're going to talk more about it next week. Don't forget if you have questions to text them in. But I want to talk about gaining a spiritual perspective. And let, let me explain what I mean by that. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Now this is, this is Paul. This is, by the way, the same chapter where Paul, that we opened up with our text chapter, where it said, we don't lose heart because we receive mercy. So this is 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He's saying it again. He said, we don't lose heart. He said, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Paul is, is putting an emphasis here on the heart or what he calls the inner man. Now there's a whole lot of money being spent on anti-aging. Uh, my generation, I, I, if you'd like to go ahead and label us, I'm, I am, I'm the tail end of the baby boom. And so yes, I'm an okay boomer. And, and the boomers, we're doing everything we can to make old age as sexy as possible. I mean, we're going we're gonna to give it the best shot, but I'm telling you that there's, there's probably, I know millions, but probably billions of dollars that are being spent on any kind of anti-aging. And man, there's a, lot, there's a lot of snake oil stuff out there and we're trying it because everyone's trying to find that fountain of youth. But we can focus on the one part of us 
that does not age. Paul said the outward man, so he's, he's, he's giving a distinction. This is the outward man. Very easy to distinguish. This is the outward man. The inner man, Peter actually called the hidden man of the heart. So can't see the inner man. Uh, this is the spirit of man. And, and the Bible said our spirits can actually be renewed. Isn't that great? That your spirit, the inner man can be renewed. To me, that takes a little bit of the sting out of getting older. Yeah, the outward man's getting older, but hey, the inward man is, is, is being renewed. And here's the great thing. The inward man is the eternal part of man, and that's the part that's the most important. So good news for all of you who are aging and trying to find the fountain of youth. We don't have to find the fountain of youth. We got the, we, our spirit is never getting older. It can grow stronger. It never gets older. Man, that's good news because getting older is not fun. And so the beautiful thing about it is, is our spirits are being renewed. Now, I've never been to heaven, hadn't had any visions of heaven. I've had, uh, I've had people that I know who said that they have gone to heaven. Now, you can't believe everybody who says there's gone to heaven. There's flakes and nuts and squirrels all over the place out there. But some of the people that I've heard, that I've talked to, it, man, it just bore witness with me. It just sounded, it sounded right. And one of them talked about the fact that when he went to heaven, that he, he actually saw his dad. But his dad wasn't, he said he wasn't the age that he was when he, when he left the earth. When he left the earth, he had white hair. I believe he was in his 50s or 60s. He died young. But when he saw him, he said he looked like he's late 20s, early 30s, cold black hair. He looked great. I, you know what? <laughs> I, I believe that's true. But if, even if it's not true, I'm going to go ahead and believe it anyway because I hate the idea of, of believing that when I die and go to heaven that I'm the same age in heaven that I was when I left the earth. I don't believe that. I believe that our spirit man is renewed day by day. It never gets older. And I believe that when you see me there, I'm, I, man, I'm going to be looking good. You're going to be looking good. We're going to look at one another and go, whew, you never looked that good here on earth. And we're like, I know, but we are now in heaven and things are going well. We're going to talk about next week. I want to talk about gaining a spiritual perspective. We want to talk about the inner man. I want to talk about guarding your heart because that is super, super important, especially in these negative times when we need to keep our courage. Now, I was talking about heaven tonight. Now, here's my question for you. If you're watching me and you're just not sure in your heart, if you say in your heart, I, hell, I don't even know. I don't know that if I died right now, I would go to heaven. Well, that's, that's important. You want to know that. And if you're not sure, you're not confident, then we're going to say a prayer. I want you to jump right in on this. This is something you can do. If you're by yourself, you can pray it out loud. If you're with other people, pray, pray it quietly. But if, if, you, if you want to be sure, say, I, I want to be sure of my salvation. Listen, it's through Jesus Christ. It's not by being good or simply watching religious programming. It's by making a heart decision that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and God raised him from the dead for you, for me. So we're going to pray that prayer. Maybe you're like I was. I'd made a decision for the Lord fell away, but came back. And maybe tonight you're thinking, or whenever time you're watching, you're thinking, I need to be, I need to come back to the Lord. Well, this, this prayer can apply to you as well. And so let's pray this prayer together. We'll bow our heads. We're, we're going to pray it out loud. It's a very simple prayer. But pray it from your heart. Pray it like you mean it. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. 
I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Now, Father, I pray right now for those who, who prayed that prayer. Maybe they prayed it tonight or some other time, but they've come back to you or they've come to you for the very first time. Thank you for your life in them. Thank you that your spirit dwells in them. Thank you for the promises and the covenant that you have for them and the great potential that, Father, they possess because they've come into fellowship and relationship with you. What a wonderful thing. And, Father, I pray for those who know you, who've been walking with you, that the reality of your presence, the reality of you being with us, the reality of the fact that we are spirit beings and we, have a, and we will live in eternity and we'll live with you, what a blessing, what a reason to take courage. So, Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.